Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can do it. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to another episode of Honor Roll Podcast with Mr. Michael Humps, the founder and creator of this show. I'm Casper Flores, uh, kind of a partner in crime, and Mr. Bob Rocky's visiting a friend out at the Lewis State Prison. God bless you, Bob. <laughs> Hope you brought him a care package. Michael, how are you, bro? I'm good, brother. How you been? Uh, you, uh, you, you know my story, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good story, and I think you should share it. Okay, well, uh, well, uh, are we talking about? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I got, I got, I got to tell, I got to tell this quick story about Buck Kulots. Now, everybody knows how Buck Kulots was kind of created. October eighth, I was out at my daughter's or my grandson's birthday party, and I actually met the inspiration for Mr. Buck Kulots. His name is Mike. <laughs> what a terrible name! No, no, no. He's he, you know what? And again, he's he, he he was pissed off. So was Sand. But here's the deal: I come in, I worked that day, and I came in. In April, my daughter was kind of hoping that since I worked, that maybe Mr. Buck Kulots and Sand would be gone by the time I got there. But they weren't. And unbeknownst to me, there were a bunch of April's friends that that I've known since they were kids, and they listened to the Bob Rocky show. So when I come in, they're like, oh, Greg, Greg, we love the Buck Kulak character. They had no idea that the guy that inspired it was sitting less than 15 feet away. So I'm looking over at him, and I'm looking at Sand, and they're fucking fuming. I mean, just fuming. So I, you know, I go up and I say hello to Sandy, and, and, uh, I, and I was sincere when I said this. I said, look, I just want to thank both of you for inspiring a character that, for whatever reason, has hit a note with people and is starting to kind of take off. Well, he stood up, and he's not a real big dude. Buck's not a real big guy. He's very skinny, kind of a, kind of a typical, lanky, western guy. And he just stares at me, and he goes storming out the back door. Well, Sandy calls me a dick, and she goes after her new man. So me and April are standing in the kitchen, and April's like, Dad, what'd you say? And I'm like... Nothing, sweetie. I just wanted to say thank you. And she was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Well, sure as shit. We can see the arms flailing out there, and Sandy tries to embrace him and tell him it's going to be okay. But he's not reciprocating. His arms are straight down at his side. He's not hugging her back. And we see him start to come back in. So we decide to go back into the living room where the party is. And as Sandy and Buck Kulots come walking in the back door, (laughs) another friend of April's comes in. Her name is Sarah. And she's like, Greg, Greg, I listened to that show, and I love that character, Buck April, April and I are like, oh, fuck me. And, again, they didn't say a fucking word. They didn't say yay, new boo, or shit. They just headed out the front fucking door, heard that big one-ton dooley of his start up and all that's down the road. So I got to meet the inspiration for Buck Kulots, not what I, not what I thought. I was anticipating more of a Sam Elliott you know, dry-looking <laughs> person. This guy is geriatric, actually. He, he's 
I felt kind of bad for him. Uh, you know, Mike, I did. I felt I felt kind of bad, but <laughs> it is what it is. I was hurt. I I could have hey, I could have went two ways here, man. You know that, and you know me. I could have went I could have went off the fucking deep end and drank myself into the oblivion and drove out the fucking Goodyear and caused a ruckus and probably got arrested, or I could let the pain take me in another direction, which it did. Thank God it did, because people are, are again, are really responding. And if, if we have to bring Buck out during the show, we will, because Buck, Bryce, Velvet Antler, they're all, they're all here, Mike. So you guys get a fight or no? No, absolutely no, no, no brother. Not, no, not on my grandson's sixth birthday. That, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen, you know. <laughs> that, I don't want to. The kid's scarred enough just by being related to me. I didn't want. I didn't want to fuck up his psyche anymore. But yeah, I thought it was kind of kind of funny, you know. I mean, uh, yeah. But three days after this, I get a I get a message from Sandy, and she's like, "Well, I've listened to some of the shows, and I'm glad that <laughs> I love this. I'm glad that you're getting away from the stealing the ex-wife thing, and I'm." <laughs> And I'm also really glad that you're storm chasing now. <laughs> I didn't tell, you know, I didn't dare tell her how that came about. I have a friend of mine that's still friends with her. That, and I tried to get that video, Mike. I tried. But <laughs> he wasn't able, for whatever reason, I think Sandy took it down, I think is what he told me. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's up. Uh, yeah, and the weird thing is, I, the weird thing is, my niece was in town a couple of weeks ago, and she took me out for lunch. And uh, she's like, I love, I love Shelby. She's Uncle oh, Greg, you know what this guy looks like? I said, oh, yeah. She goes, well, have you seen this picture? And she shows me this picture. And it's of him and Sandy, and it says, buying our new bedroom set. Okay? But it's a, okay, listen, but it's, a, but it's a selfie. And, it, you know, they're taking it out of the vanity mirror. And, brother, the body language where, where these two are concerned, there's no passion there. This is just a convenience type situation. Which, hey, I'm 56. I'm running scared. I got to get hooked up. You know, Jesus Christ. But yeah, and then I find out she's married. She married the guy. For his pension, he's got a pension probably, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's that's a, just a quick story on. Meeting Buck Kulot's the inspiration. <laughs> nice. I know, I know. But, you know, God bless my kid. You know, she does, you know, April feels so caught in the middle right now. <laughs> but she gets the joke, you know. I mean, that's the whole thing. They, they get the joke. But I love that Sandy, you know, oh, yeah, I'm so glad he's storm chasing now. And I'm like, well, he's riding a gimp named Carl. I mean, he isn't chasing too fucking far. You know, shaking his fist at a cloud. Hey, get out of here. Gotta get out of here, goddammit. Anyways, so. <laughs> okay. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear about the night that Mr. Michael Humps got his ass kicked out of fucking. What was it? Adam State College that you went, Mike? Yeah, it was out uh, North Adams. How do you know that college? Did I say that? Yes, you did it, Mike. Oh. I had the. I have a memory like a fucking elephant. I work at a zoo. Yeah, uh, yeah I got. Um, so there was a. It's a D three school. I got a sports scholarship to go there. I wasn't going to go, um, 
had no plans on going to college. I was going to go into the military, like, you know, people in my family. It's just, you know, the path I was going to choose. Um, You know, but I basically had a free ride. Free ride to D3. But if you know anything about lacrosse, there's no, like, beyond. There's no, like, even the pros, especially whenever I went to school. I mean, what am I going to make as a pro? Eight grand a year? I mean, I'm not going to make anything. So... let me stop you right there. Are you? There is a professional lacrosse league. There's a couple in this area. Sure. Really? Yeah. So let's put it this way: my high school team was probably better than my college team. <laughs> I mean, my high school team. My high school team had a tremendous programs, but the college. I mean, I don't know. Our team was just so bad. So I I rose to the ranks pretty fast. I went. So I went from redshirt to to captain within a year. That's how bad the team was. That's unheard of, but that's how bad they are, you know? I wasn't the, I wasn't the best player on my high school team, but I was by far the best player on my college team. I mean, it was a well, joke. Well, you're a tall drink of water to begin with. What are you, like 6'2"? Oh, I'm like 8'2". 8'2", is it? Okay. Like 8'2", 3'17". Guys, <laughs> 18-foot. You're like, you're like a Japanese giant. Of course. I'm like, it's ridiculous. I mean, who wants to cover that? God bless all those people <laughs> I checked. <laughs> so I go there, and I don't even want to be there. I go into broadcasting school, do some stuff on the radio, do some skit work. You know, made it made it fun, but never went to class. All my classes were at 6 o'clock at night, and they were, I'd have like one class a night. So I, I, I had the, the minimum requirements for college. So you got one class a night for, I think, four nights in a row, and then I had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Uh-oh. So the only difficult part was the prerequisites, but I didn't care about those. All I cared about is getting radio time, you know, doing shows. Oh, yeah. No, you know, I comedy. What, and, and any of those, speech lessons and that, loved it. Awesome. It was so good. But math, history, I didn't care about any of that spelling or whatever or English class. I didn't care. You know, I didn't care. I just wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to do... So we had a show at home that we created that was a skit show on cable access. And that's all I wanted to do is learn from these guys out in school and then use it to our... You know, when we created shows and our shows got better and better because oh, we can do this or we learn this or that and some of the other guys were doing the same thing. So the shows are great. But, well, I, well, anyway. I also, well, I was just going to say, I know your partner in crime, and you guys were very, very creative. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he, was, he was way down the rung. There was a couple other guys that were so good at producing, but they lost their minds. <laughs> and one guy, well, he's just bad shit. That, that's a whole different story. I mean, those dudes, like, did time. It was bad. Really? Probably, probably similar if me, you, and Bob uh, did a skit show. One of us, one of us would probably go to the joint. <laughs> well, you know, Robert, no disrespect, but my money's on you, Bubba. <laughs> so, um, I want to say it was like five or six games into the season, and it, it it was it was bad. It was so bad. This team was so. This team shouldn't be a D three team. Let's put it that way. We were just getting beat by so many scores a game. I mean, 
I don't even know if we even came close within like 10 or 15 goals. Oh, geez. Yeah. And, and, and the one shining sports moment of my career, we went and played in a scouting league. Now, a scouting league is you go to, you know, a game where there's scouts going to be there and the scouts are scouting for the pros. Right. So it was the one game we traveled all the way up to northern Vermont to this indoor arena. You know, a real nice arena. For the first time, we're going to be actually playing in front of a huge crowd. There's going to be – and what happens? We run into an ice storm. <clears throat> so, we're, so we're playing this game. There's no one there. There's not even a fan in the audience. It's just us and a team that's, like, rounded up by Keene State, which had, like, a tremendous program at the time. So – there's no scouts there. I have the greatest game of my high school, college career ever. It was like, and I, I, I say it's just like the uh, in Caddyshack when the priest, the priest can't miss a shot, you know, in golf. Yeah. It was yeah. like that. I couldn't miss. I scored so many times. I think I, I think I scored the three goals in the game right off the bat within like a couple minutes. Everything I shot went in. If I if I passed it, went off a guy and then if I shot it, it just found the net. It was just ridiculous. I kept scoring, scoring, scoring. I couldn't stop. So doesn't matter. There's no scouts. So the, so I tell guys they're like, oh wow, you probably would have made the pros. But what would I have made? Five grand a year? You know what is what does professional lacrosse pay? It pays nothing. So, I, I, I look. Well, I love the analogy from Caddyshack because I'm hearing Bill Murray. Oh, I keep playing. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite a while. <laughs> so, so we get home, and we're drinking the whole way home. It's because it's like the worst ride. We're, you know, it's a bunch of college kids in a van, and we're all drunk, and we're like sliding off the road, and we're almost crashing, and it's like a six-hour <laughs> ride. Then we're almost, we almost probably died three or four times. So we, we're completely hammered when we get home. We go to the lacrosse townhouse, and mushrooms somehow appear, and people partake. And uh, I, I should have known from past experiences I shouldn't have taken any because I always took bad trips off of it. Bad things happen. So, so I take some because, because I know I shouldn't. And uh, the, the next thing I know, we're, like, walking the campus. I'm with a couple teammates, some young Jewish freshman who's, I don't even know if he told the stick correctly. It was the bad news bears of lacrosse programs for college. And then another new guy who's very aggressive and can't really play the sport but loves to hit. But he's never really, never really hung out with the guy, but he's super, super aggressive on the field. Like he tries to murder people. So in his drunken stupor, he goes, that's where I used to live. Sorry, we, we go to this townhouse. It's all these frightened freshman girls in a townhouse. And he tries to break, he tries to break in. And he's smashing the door. And the little freshman kid is, like, all upset. And I'm trying to get this guy to go. But we have to remember we're legless drunk. We can't move. Plus, we're on, mushrooms. you know, a ton. Way more than probably is, you know, allowed. And uh, a fire alarm gets pulled in the melee, and we run. Well, as me and Captain Aggression are running through, like, a quad. A, uh, Captain, did you say Captain yeah. Aggression? Yeah, Captain Aggression. So Captain Aggression, <laughs> he gets grabbed. Now, he gets grabbed by the shoulder. Imagine a, a public... Well, they were campus police, but they're public safety officers. I don't 
pretty sure they didn't carry guns or anything, but they still had the uniform, you know? <laughs> so this so this guy grabs him. If you can imagine, he grabs him by the shoulder. And as he turns the guy around, the Captain Aggression is turning around with a fist cocked. <laughs> so the force of the punch is probably twice as hard as he could possibly throw. Oh, and he connects. Just connects. It's the first time I heard a dude snore that got knocked out. Like, oh, this guy no. is out. I mean, he is out. And he's, he's snoring. <laughs> so we, we run. We get back to, you know, I get back to my townhouse, you know, and I think I'm safe. He, the other dude gets back to his frat house. He's safe. Well, what happens? The little Jewish freshman kid. Get, his dad's a high-powered attorney in New York. <laughs> he gives us up without even getting in trouble. He just gives oh. us up to the, the local PD, not even the, the campus PD. So we get hauled oh. in. We get hauled in, and basically we're told we got two ultimatums. You can continue at school, but we're just going to basically grab you on something, you know. Basically telling us he's digging a like uh, blackball us and grab us for something we didn't do. So oh, like, the, the other dude's doing time, by the way. The guy who punched the cops doing time. <laughs> Jewish Jewish kid gets off. He ends he ends up going to like a, a new like a better school, like another town over or something. But, uh, <laughs> and I get a, and I I basically get asked to leave school, or or we're just gonna haul you in and beat the shit out of you every couple of nights. Oh, good God. You know, so, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So, so that's what happens you, when you're on shrooms. I know, but when you get home, what do your parents say? They they knew my grades. They didn't give a shit at that point. Well, the, the only reason why I ask is because my, my freshman year, my parents were very adamant that I went to a parochial high school, which was at the end of the street of our of, of, of where we lived. Um, Gerard High School was the name of it. And I remember going in the first day of orientation, and I was wearing a shirt that that said, Home of the Whopper, with an arrow pointing down towards my dick. And I got called, up, I got called out by, by one of the nuns and was told that that was not appropriate. I need to get my hair cut. We have uniforms, blah, 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 blah. You can either comply or you can, you can leave. And I... <laughs> I just remember saying, well, you're going to, what, give back the tuition to my parents today? You're going to cut them a check? And she said, yes. I said, well, let's go ahead and do that. But I remember going home because my parents were so proud that I was in this high-ranking parochial school. Good Catholic form, you know. And uh, I come home with this certified check <laughs> for 900 bucks. Brother, I got the shit knocked out of me. I put side and down another and then got stuck over at Camelback High hanging out with people like Greg Booker and, you know, <laughs> those kind of people. I'm just surprised being, a, being an Irish Catholic that when you came home after being kicked out. <laughs> yeah, but you have to understand, my parents didn't go to college. Well, you know? neither, my, par- well neither my parents went right to work. So it was like, it, it, first of all, the, the college wasn't costing them anything. I had a, it was like uh, the only thing I had to pay for was books and food. So after my two, two and a half years of college or whatever, yeah. my total tuition bill was three grand. That is, that's, you know, I mean, 
you know, our school right now in this area is sixty-five grand a year. Uh, right. My right, yeah. my tuition for two and a half, three years of college, whatever, was three grand. <laughs> that was the that was it. So I got I got a good job right away, and that was that. So. So well, BS artist, so I BS my way into a few management roles right off the bat. You know, <laughs> you know, Mike, that doesn't surprise you, man. You got the gift to gab, and you sure are a smart guy. Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah, I'm royalty. I'm a Kennedy, sure. Oh yeah, I'll take. The, oh yeah, I've, oh yeah, I've done that before. Oh yeah, I, oh yeah, I, I've driven a tank. Sure, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Remember, Greg, BS your way in, and then they'll train you to do the rest. Well, you know, and uh, yeah, that, and also too, I'm I'm a firm believer in. Um, <laughs> it isn't a lie if you believe it. George Costanza, I I love him, and I I I've mirrored my life after George Costanza to a certain extent. If it yeah. if you believe it, it's not a lie. And if you can I bullshitted off, at 21. I bullshitted my way. Didn't even have a tractor trailer license. Didn't even have one. Bullshit of my way into driving a tractor trailer without a license. How the hell do you get away with that? Don't they check on that stuff? I mean... Well, I would just say I'm in school. Oh, I'm in school. I'm in school to get it. I'm in school to get it. Don't worry. I'm in school. Oh, yeah. I'm passing. I'm t- oh, the test is this weekend. <laughs> no. I just needed a job for a few weeks. I just drove... Right. Just drove, <laughs> drove hazmat, too, which, again... <laughs> whatever. And then I ended up... Then I ended up spilling a... Uh, uh, like a, uh, an acid on my boot, like a 500-pound drum, I ended up spilling on my boot. And it was like, uh, if it was like, and it's funny because the barrel before that was cyanide. So if it was oh. the reverse order and that barrel spilled, me and the 500 people within a half mile of me would have been dead. <laughs> You're fucking nuts. <laughs> hey, that's on them, not on me. Oh sure, I've, I've I've moved barrels of cyanide before, sure. Well, what happened was the guy didn't put the lid on, and I didn't check it because I didn't know you were supposed to check the lids before moving them with a dolly. So the cyanide one was nice and tight, thank goodness. But the it was like a wood stripper slash acid. Basically, it turns wood into like like a mush. Oh my god, that's so alienish. Yeah, but it hit my boot. And it didn't do anything to the leather, but it was enough for me to think, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like the next day. <laughs> maybe, maybe owning a trucking business would be a better way to go. Is that what you were thinking? <laughs> oh, yeah. You just BS your way into that. Oh, my God. That hey, is fucking you, hilarious. The only way to do it, go ahead. it is, is two things of advice. Here it is, right? Okay. B, BS your way into anything. They'll train you. The second one is junkies don't carry watches. Because <laughs> they're right. flight. They're not into time or what? <laughs> there's, there's so many variables to that sentence. I, <laughs> so you can use it however you want, but just remember junkies don't carry watches. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one from you, Mister Hunts, if you don't mind. And you can use that for anything. If someone has an argument, you can go, "Hey, look, it junkies don't carry watches." All right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, you get oh, cut oh, off in traffic, just yell it at the guy. He'll be so perplexed. Junkies don't carry watches. <laughs> just yell it at him. <laughs> well, I I got into a little a little uh, a little argument with my supervisor uh, last week. 
And he said, perfect. Well, yeah. Well, he, this, he says. Well, getting back to you can you can use this line in in, in in a situation. He says. He says. You know, Casper. I don't care for your attitude. And I said. I never cared for your haircut. And I walked away from him. So there again too. It just. And I remember looking back. He was like, what? He was touching his hair. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So yeah, give him something to fucking think about. Fuck you guys. Fuck you, upper management. <laughs> you have no idea what you're fucking dealing with here. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, <clears throat> I gave the new vice president the links to both Hot Oral Podcast and to the Bob Rocky Show. And this is a guy that, I, that I'm still talking with about creating a podcast, kind of a funny, informative thing for the zoo. And <laughs> he comes, he listened... <sighs> He got hold of episode two when I'm going off about, you know, sodomizing Glenda. And he pulls me aside and he says, like, Casper, um, the stuff that you talk about in episode two on Hot Oral Podcast, is is that truthful? And I said, well, yeah. I said, you know, we embellish, you know. I mean, you got to... Not really. No, well, no, not really. No, I didn't, but what the hell. (laughs) I still am, as a matter of fact. But he's like... Well, I'm 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 kind of re, re, rethinking this podcast where you were concerned, and I stopped him and I said, Brian, I said you approached me to come up with an idea. Um, you wanted something kind of funny and informative. Now I plagiarized the Mrs. Doubtfire character. I thought that would be perfect for a family environment. What you guys ever wanted to do with that was up to you. That's I just gave you the links because I thought. You might enjoy some of this stuff. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. He says, you guys are, are, are different. <laughs> you're funny. You're irreverent. And I love it, too, because he, he used the word unnecessary. That Agatha Christie used at one of the reviews on the Hot Oral Podcast. This show is unnecessary. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Pretty much. But, yeah, but, you know, it is what it is, Michael. It, you know, I mean, we're just, we're just guys fucking around. And if somebody gets something out of it, we're not here to set the world on fire. We're not here to change anybody's minds. I'm not a big political person or a religious person. I, I believe in God, and I believe in getting your check back from a parochial school if that's not a good fit. I'm a big believer in that. But it, 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 is, what, it is what it is. And if somebody, if somebody laughs, and I'm, we're getting a lot of that, uh, again, hot oral, is on the radar screen with a bunch of people at work. Some of the keepers aren't too happy with me, i.e. yesterday I was working in the rhino rhinoceros night house uh, because we got this big inspection coming up in another week. So everything's got to be spruced up. Well, the rhino was <laughs> the rhino was being a real bitch, and I said, look, to the keeper, I said, I ain't got time for this crap. Just, I'm, I'm sequestered. I'm safe because there's all these Poles. Well, this fucking bitch, as I come walking down the hallway, this fucking 4,000-pound rhino starts banging on me the fucking post, and boom, boom. <laughs> I drop my fucking paint, because I'm a painter, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I do at the zoo. I paint. I drop my fucking paint, and I'll go hauling ass down this, this breezeway, and I hear this keeper, run, run. <laughs> I'm fucking terrified, brother. 
I'm, I'm, because, again, because this exhibit is probably 40 years old, you know? So, and, and believe me, I've patched in there. I've known, I know what kind of work I provided in there, and it ain't going to... It ain't going to hold back a 4,000 pissed-off fucking animal. Uh, so I go all on ass out. I turn around. She's got this. I love this. She's got a can of bear mace. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Bear mace? She goes, yeah, it really doesn't do much, but it makes me feel better. So, so we had to call the job off. That's where this story was going. The damn thing was so agitated that uh, they had to call the vets in to make sure it didn't hurt itself. And I'm thinking, fuck that animal. Fuck you guys. I mean, that thing was going to kill me. And believe Why don't they me, have well, a guy with, like, a dart gun nearby? Uh, we don't, they, the only time that protocol is initiated, Mike, is when you go into, like, say, the tiger area or the lions or the jaguar. That's the only time that that is instituted. But not um, a giant, giant, like, Cadillac-sized animal. With with armor plates on it. Yes, yeah. I More people I, are killed a year by rhinos than any other animal, correct? Uh, actually, it's hippos. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Same yeah, thing. One has a horn, thing. one doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what about those fucking hippos, man. You ever watch those videos when those things come up from underneath? That's the scariest goddamn thing in the world. That's a worse. That's worse than any great white shark attack. Trust me when I tell you that. I've seen horrific videos of people just being gobbled up by these things. And people are like, oh, yeah, well, you know, hippos are like big and they're cuddling. No, they're not. They're, they'll fucking, all they want to do is eat and fuck and shit. That's all these people, that's all they want to do. They're like, I that. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like any other, I guess, living bean at that point. <laughs> Actually, I got to tell you too, I looked up with a friend of mine last night and, uh, Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That came after I looked up at this other person. I looked up, got a hold of something called the Pineapple Express. And um, for for those of you who know me, I am an avid smoker. I do hold a mar- medical marijuana card because I have a, I got a back injury. And uh, uh, the THC content in this shit is fucking phenomenal. I smoked a bowl when I got up this morning. Of course, after I did my chores, you know, cleaning up after... You know, the cat, they're weepy ass, and I don't know what's going on with her, and I don't care. Oh, she dies. Because I'm moving, and she ain't coming with me. But this shit, I'm, I'm looking at a bag of Doritos right now that are unopened, because you have not heard me crunching yet. But <clears throat> I'm about ready to, uh, to about dive into that shit. I'm not kidding. Right. <laughs> okay, so who do we bring okay. on now? Who on that want- note. Who do we want to bring on now? Little Velvet Amber. <laughs> Let me tell you, Bob Rocky, not funny. Pick on, pick on Velvet Antler all time. Did you do Velvet Antler on this show? I did, yes. My father, my father, many beers. We live on the res. There's only three of us left. The res consists of a three-bedroom, two-bath ranch house in a cul-de-sac in North Scottsdale. There was nobody living on the west side of us until last week. Up until then, Velvet Antler, Flaming Feather, and Many Beers were very, very comfortable urinating and defecating outside because we have not paid the water bill. But now we have 
you have a family next door in Velvet Antler, who is me, talking in third person, is about ready to go over and end their lives. Never liked white people, especially Fat Bob Rocky, who pokes fun at Velvet Antler and his family. Yeah, that's, again, man, I, you know, it's just, it's just stupid, stupid shit. <laughs> no, it's that's good. A, it's fantastic. I had a what? I said it's good stuff. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. And again, I, you know, like I said, when all this started, it's just, you know, and the weird thing is, you know, when, when, when Bob calls me, I'm at work, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually fleeing and <laughs> trying to hide from the, upper, from the upper management that are walking around. But two weeks ago, one of the higher-ups come walking by, and I'm, I'm talking like Buck, you know. I'm like, hey, Bob, how the hell are you? And all of a sudden, I see Harry come walking up. I said, hey, morning, Harry. And he's like, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> and he walks right on by oblivious to the fact that I was actually being paid <laughs> to do a pot. How long have you been there for? Six years. That's it? Yeah. It seemed like you're well known. It's pretty good. Well, they, I'm loved and hated by many. Just like Velvet Antler. Like, <laughs> I, I am picked on. I'll tell you what. Some of the guys that listen to the show, they're like, well, this is really no different than you being at work. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, it's just, this is what I do. You guys talk shit, and uh, I either respond to it, or I just usually get pissed off and walk away. And that's, that's always been my, my line of defense. I just, no, nah, I'm, I'm just leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my wife. That's my kid. Okay, all right, I'm good. I'm, I'll see you when you get home. <laughs> I'm leaving. I missed... I missed all the shows anyway because I was on a Facebook ban for seven days, so I missed at least seven days. But I've only heard Bob show a couple times. I've heard you on it a couple times. It was good. Well, I I appreciate that, Mike. And, you know, here's the deal, Neil. And I know that you're running a business, and I know, like you said earlier, when that, when that time frame comes in, you're pretty much locked into work. But if you could, if you could chime in every now and then just to – just to bust my balls, you know, because <laughs> uh, I got that Steve Stawning guy <laughs> who's, who I vaguely remember from high school. He's a short little guy. I pissed him off last week. I, I, I asked him, I said, Steve, because of your, your stature, aren't you afraid of ever being eaten by a giant spider? And, again, if I was under five feet, I'd be fucking terrified of, of, of a house cat. But he fucking went off. You're not funny. Why'd you change your name to Casper? So I had to explain that, you know. I changed my name to Casper because I forgot my password to the Greg account, and they wouldn't let me back in. So I was just... I thought, I thought I you got kicked out of that account. Didn't the, you get kicked out of that account when we were all, like, trolling groups and messing with people? No, 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 no. My, see, that's one of the things. The only time, I've only been shut down once on the Casper account. That was because I wrote about, you know, saying hello to my nigger neighbors. Hey, niggers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I remember that. Right. That gets, that gets a, an instant flag. Facebook 
will grab that. No one has to even report that. That word will just get flagged by Facebook. That's what happened to my uh, picture. It got auto-flagged. I had a picture of a black, a black dick with a leather jacket and glasses. I don't know if you remember that photo, but it got auto-flagged by Facebook like a month and a half later. How the fuck did I miss that one? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a black dick. Black leather jacket, black sunglasses on it, and then Kevin Conroyer wrote, Hey. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, I do remember that one. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> so, like, a month and a half later, out of nowhere, it said we, re- we removed a photo from one of your groups, which was Manrod, and no one in that group's a reporter, so I don't believe right. anyone reported it and I, at all. I, I think anytime something gets reported in there, it's auto-reported, not because someone reported. I think we cleaned that house months ago. Good. Good. You know, that's think, something else. Well, I was just going to say that's something else, too. I, I got to get more active in those groups. I mean, you put me in there in a couple of them in an administrative role, and I'm really... Yeah. I'm really a paid, a paid I'm, role with a pension. Yeah, right. With stock <laughs> options. Well, I'm okay. I'm, I'm a bad 401k, you know. I know, and I'm participating in that. But I, Up to five percent will match your four hundred one k as and uh, as an admin role. <laughs> I just I just want a huge severance package when you guys finally get sick of me and send me fucking back, and that's all. Oh, you're gonna slip and fall, and you're gonna fuck everything up, and you're gonna sue us, and then it works. <laughs> I'm laughing so because I had an uncle. I had an, my uncle Dutch <laughs> when I was a kid wanted to go to work for my uncle Beans. And again, being Italian, none of these guys ever used their real fucking names. They were always nicknames. So my uncle Beansy finally let my uncle Dutch come to work at the plant where he was at in Illinois. And within two days, my uncle Dutch faked a fucking injury and sued the company for like a hundred grand. Oh yeah. Well, back in the day, well, I shouldn't say back in the day, I'd say 15 years ago, I knew multiple people that got hurt in construction jobs without insurance. And they would just have their buddy roll them up to Walmart. You know, <laughs> arm hanging off, you know, leg cut open, and they would just collapse in the hallway or something. Like, you know, like the fucking bread aisle. Oh, that's and, that's how, and that's how they would get their, uh, their, their insurance. I know one guy who got hurt on a Saturday playing softball Bad, right? Didn't have insurance. Waited till Monday at work. I think he broke a bone. Waited till Monday and then fell like ten minutes into the job. I mean, you know, Obamacare, man, it ruins everything. I don't mean to get political. That's okay. That's fucking hilarious. Blame Obamacare. Just drop me off at Walmart. My arms hanging. I'll take it from here. Oh, man, I just got a visual of that. I can just see a bunch. That is really a bunch of guys, here. yeah. They all got hard hats on. They're all, like, walking in the line. Monday morning. <laughs> all right, Bill, we'll see you later. Take it easy, John. Good luck. Okay, Craig. So over, over the loudspeaker, there's an announcement every few minutes. Ah, there's a man down aisle seven. <laughs> yeah, we got like four guys down in the ball pit. 
<laughs> Did you say down in the ball pit? Yes. I definitely said down in the ball pit. Oh, fuck. Oh, man, my stomach's hurting again. You know, I had bronchitis earlier in the week. And my stomach's hurting as bad now as it did on fucking Monday. Uh, we, had to just, we just had a TV fall on the third guy today. Yeah, we're going to need a hand getting this bicycle off of this young man. <laughs> We're gonna need a hand get this bicycle off the shop. <laughs> God bless him, he loves his sport. He's got a broken ankle, obviously. He still wants it. <laughs> Unfucking believable. You know, people... I don't know. I don't know how if that's how it is in every other but Massachusetts, that's like a common sight. That happens okay. every well, day. I okay. I got a quick story about my ex or my dead father in law, Sandy's dad. He used to work for the uh, the Hennessy family, which back in the 70s out here was the main distributor for, for the Budweiser uh, Corporation. And, he, and and George, that's my my dead father-in-law, did real well in sales. He was regional sales manager out here for, for many, many years. Um, he, he gets hurt, legitimately gets hurt on a job. I, I don't know what he was doing. I think he was delivering kegs or something like that and something happened, but he got hurt. But he files for, you know, the medical compensation, you know, the, the workers' compensation claim. And he's such a moron. He, he's not hurt all that bad. He's like, you know, I'm all my back, you know, this and that. So they put him on, like, short-term disability, but he's still being paid. He's still drawing 60% of his salary. And believe me, he ain't a pretty good salary being a sales rep. Even back in the 70s, Sandy never wanted for anything. Trust me when I tell you that. So they launch an investigation, and they follow him and Sandy and his current wife, because George was married seven different times. But his current wife, they, they follow him to Hawaii, <laughs> where, where they, they, they've got him playing golf, you know, <laughs> follow him next up to Colorado during the winter where he's skiing, he's swishing down the slopes. <laughs> so they file criminal charges against him for fucking fraud. He's, he's oblivious to any investigation that's been going on. So he shows up for court, said he was telling me this, because <laughs> she went to the court hearings. He shows up, he goes, shows, shows up for court, and of course now they got all these fucking slides of you know, swinging a golf club and swishing down the slopes of Colorado. And I, and I, and I, I, I said, well, what the fuck happened? I said, what did your dad say to that once it was brought to light that he was, you know, lying? And she said, you know, Greg, I mean, Casper. <laughs> I mean. I mean, Buck. I mean, Velvet Amber. He said, I was feeling better at that time. <laughs> but I love, what kind of defense is that? You know, I was feeling much better, but I never, I never, you know, stopped collecting the income that you guys were sending me. Yeah, the guy was on like a five-month, you know, vacation spree. His house, he, nice. bought a, he went and bought a motor home. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, were, they were going all over the fucking place. <laughs> of course, not to Hawaii. You know, they couldn't drive a motor home to Hawaii, but 
Well, I suppose you could, but that would be dangerous and stupid. <laughs> but yeah, so when I hear these stories about, you know, these guys in Massachusetts just drive me to Walmart, I'm going to faint in injury. Of course. <laughs> well, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Oh, I had a friend of mine. You remember uh, uh, Mike Kingsland, uh, Leo Sayre. <laughs> the, the, the telephone pole guy. Yeah, how can I forget? He blocked me like four times. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, he, he showed up at my door about a month ago. And because um, we haven't spoke since all that happened, you know. And he's a crybaby. Well, he, I don't yeah. even know the guy who could tell you he's a crybaby. Well, I know, I know. He can, he can dish it out, but he can't take it. So Ooh. he shows up. I know, I know, and I told him that when he got here. Bro, you got to be a little more thick-skinned. Uh, I said, first of all, where, where Bob and, and Mike and the rest of these friends of mine are concerned, they're just busting your fucking balls. That's all they're fucking doing, man. You just either let it alone or don't antagonize it. You know, just just <laughs> let it go. Hold and then on. blocking someone's only going to make it worse. Absolutely, and I know, <laughs> you, I know you. If you block me, I'll I'll never let it go. I mean, I I, there's people that have blocked me. I just keep bringing them up. <laughs> I know, and I know that about you guys. <laughs> so, great. It is. Well, it's, yeah, that's, that's how you guys deal with it. But, again, I know you guys. So yeah, I will not fan the flames in any way, shape, or form. We'll just let it go. Let it lie. So, anyways, he shows up, and we make amends. You know, he gives me a hug. And, and again, I've known the guys since I was, like, in eighth grade. So, you know, he's family. And um, we're talking. <laughs> I said, so what's been going on? He goes, well, I fell out of a tree. <laughs> Karma. Yeah. Karma for blocking me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't go there, but yeah, that could be. <laughs> I, pray, I prayed to the Karma gods that he would fall out of a tree. <laughs> well, Take that, fuckface. <laughs> your prayers were answered, Michael. <laughs> so he falls I prayed to the Karma gods. I said, make sure his uh, stirrups are loose that day. Well, what what he told me what he told me was is that the power lines were going through this easement and they had to they had to get these trees trimmed. Now normally they'll call out either the power company uh, to do it or or him. And he goes, Ah, what the fuck? I've done this before. So he's about thirty feet up in this fucking tree and he's cut on this limb and he hears it start to snap. You know, the cracking sound. And he goes, I know that. He goes, I've done this for many years. So I start to back down this this limb that I'm on. Well, it broke. And <laughs> the tension flung him out of the fucking tree. So he's falling. He fell 35 feet. He broke his fucking hip. But This fuckface doesn't have a bucket truck? Uh, well, it was an easement, Mike. They couldn't... It, it, it's, it's, it's basically house up against house. There's no alley. There's nothing there. And they got poles stationed in the back. So this is how they do it. I did fiber optics with them years ago, and I've done these. They're they're fucked up, man. They are fucking a mess. So he falls, breaks his fucking hip, and of course, you know, he smokes. (laughs) So he's got a rod in his leg now, but he lost his job. He lost his job because he tested dirty. (laughs) And and the fucked up part is he's been with this cable company in New Mexico for I don't know, 10 or 15 years, you know, supervisory position, upper management. You know, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a hard worker, knows his shit, but they still fucking terminated him because of, you know, he tested dirty for marijuana. So 
He gets a bug up his ass, hires an attorney, <laughs> sues the insurance company, sues the cable company, and comes out smelling like a fucking rose to the tune of like close to 80 grand after attorney's fees. So he's here, and I'm like, well, you're okay. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I'm just, I'm doing what I want right now, man. I'm like, really? You're going to do a podcast? Because his dad was a broadcaster <laughs> out here for many, many years. His dad was a big radio celebrity. He's like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. He goes, uh, he goes. I noticed you guys haven't been doing much on uh, hot oil. And I said, yeah, I said, it's kind of sporadic. You know, I said, it's logistics. You know, Mike's busy, Bob's busy, I'm busy. Things are, you know, but when we get together, we get together. He says, well, I'm going to bring my, I love this, I'm going to bring my brother Kevin on. And I'm like, Kevin? Now, Kevin is, how can I put this? Retarded? Well, yes. He's going to love this show, this episode in particular. Oh, well, he's he's monitoring, so I love that. So if you're out there, Leo, you know, no disrespect, but uh, good luck with your podcast. And tell tell your brother the chia pet. God bless him, man. And and keep keep buying creamsicles. That's the safest (laughs) thing. I'm going to hell. <laughs> All in good fun. I know, but I'm going straight to hell, Michael. Well, you, you, you'd laugh in my world. It's oh. common in every day. This is how yeah. people talk. Oh, my God. Well, what, what drives me up a wall is the troll. you know, you can call them trolls, the people that, like, fuck with people on Facebook. And then they'll block another person that does the same exact thing. It makes no sense. Why would, you know, and people do that. They'll, they'll, they'll friend me. I don't know them. They're, they're complete trolls. They fuck with people constantly. And then they won't get a joke or they'll think a comment about them and then they'll block right. me. I don't get it. Well, people are fucking stupid, Mike. You know that, especially on social media. You, you know, and yeah, and I agree with that. The hypocrisy. Yeah. You know, oh, it's blah, ridiculous. Blah, blah. Oh, I know it is. I know. And, and like what, and I told you, like what Sandy did, the preemptive, gee, I'm going to announce this new relationship, but I'm going to block Greg from posting. And I'm like, fuck that crap. I was going to unleash the hound to hell. But that's okay. Right. That's it okay. only makes you want to post more. I know. But the good thing right. was I got to meet the inspiration in person and, and rub <laughs> it in face-to-face, man. You know, I'm just fucking. <laughs> and I just love, oh, Greg, we listen, we love the bug cool. <laughs> I'm like, no. You know, and I see April kind of doing the, Stop it, cut at the throat thing, like uh, the guy that inspired my dad is over there. Don't, don't. <laughs> but I had to, but I had, I had to give him, you know, a little bit. How are you doing, Carol? How are you? Oh, how are you? Come here, little missy. You know what? Okay. You want, you want to blow my saddle horn? I heard that. There you go. That ought to clear up your complexion. <laughs> Uh, but what are we talking about? Oh, hypocrisy in social media. Right. Yeah, it, it it runs rapid, you know. And 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 it, it. I've always been like like when you and Bob attack me <laughs> because you guys do, and, and I deserve it. I'm a moron. I'll be the first one to admit that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it an attack. I would call it just that's how the the workings of that. You know, it's jokes. Well, we were throwing jokes off of your jokes, and 
they might seem like like I don't know, like a diss, but they're not. They're they're just we're just jiving and goofing. I mean, Bob's you know me too because he's a professional comedian. That's what that's what those guys do. They bust balls constantly. Now I'm in trades where you bust balls constantly. So when you get three guys together, you're gonna bust balls. You know, oh, it's on Facebook. Same thing. Now you know we're not doing it in uh, it's all love. In a malicious manner, I know that. I know you. It's all out of love. I get it. But I've heard this, and, and, and again, I. I'm a very self-deprecating person. I mean, here's the deal with me. Oh, with, with, this is just my philosophy on anything. If you can't laugh at yourself, and you've got no right. right laughing at somebody else, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, man, I fucked up. <laughs> you know, I, right. I, am the, I am the biggest idiot that ever walked the face of the earth, you know. <laughs> but that, that's my deal with where Leo Sayer is concerned. You know, you want to you hang around here, you want to hang out with guys that bust balls. Don't get offended yeah. when they bust balls. Exactly, exactly. Now, and, and, and I've been around Mike, and Mike is a pretty good ball buster. I've seen yeah, him in well, he sounds like he, he sounds like he works in a trade. Those guys are notorious ball busters. I know oh, guys absolutely. that climb trees. I know guys that are linemen. I have family members that are linemen. They're fucking maniacs. Yeah. Well, I, never, I never met one that cries like that, though. Well, yeah, and yeah, but I think I think where Mike is concerned, I think it rounds back to when we were kids, where when Robert and I started to hang out. Oh, I get jealous. Exactly, and I'll never forget. Oh. What he said. Yes, and I'll never forget what he said to me when I was about fourteen or fifteen. He said, "I want to blow you so bad." What? <laughs> Go ahead, tell you, sir. <laughs> Why? What are you doing? If you're my girlfriend. <laughs> That's funny. But no, he says, I know I'm no Robert or Gary, but oh. I am funny. And I said, I said, oh, yes, Mike, you are, and that's why we're friends. And don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just be who you are, man. Just do what you do. Look, when you are who you are and you do what you do, two things are going to happen. One, people are going to either laugh or they're not. And if they don't, big fucking deal. You just keep moving fucking forward. Keep going. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, keep sucking dick, bro. <laughs> sucking dick. <laughs> That's what Leo Sayers would say. <laughs> I'm on my, like, third or fourth cup of this extremely strong Chinese tea. Wine I'm probably drinking. I'm probably I'm probably not going to sleep for seven days. <laughs> well, it's um, it's Saturday mm, afternoon. How come you're not having a beer or? It's Wu Yi Yanti. I had my last beer last night at two, maybe two in the morning at the rink. So okay, I can't. So I can't yeah, I'm, the game was so fast. It was an hour and a half last night. So we got off the ice at eleven thirty and then pounded. And when you're so dehydrated, drinking beer just makes it like ten times worse. I know. You know no, you're right. No, I get it. I totally get it. I, totally I don't know if it. you've exercised. And, and you exercise <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if you've ever exercised. You know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> take that take that exercise and then multiply it by a thousand, and then you have hockey <laughs> where you're you can actually smell the ammonia coming out of you. Like yeah. you when you when you skate so hard that your shirt can't come off because it's so soaked. And you have to like really rip it off, or you can't untie your skates because you're so gassed. That's how. That's what the game was last night. That was a game. Kids, high school kids 
brutally fast, insane. The week before, a kid who played in a high, high program showed up high on Percocets. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. The second time I've seen a guy high on Percocets on the ice. And exactly what you think, it does not disappoint. One guy didn't leave the face-off circle. After the puck was dropped, he just stayed there. This is during a tournament game. Just sat it and stared at the ice, so they had to like, you know, skate him off. And then last, and then last week, the kid, who was actually a tremendous hockey player, he he actually he runs programs and like very rich people's programs. He kept falling over and over and over and over. Like I don't know, say an hour and a half game, he fell probably thirty to forty times. Oh my god. Oh my God! That's Not to mention, hit people. He, he was hitting people in the face with his stick because he—I don't know what—he was hallucinating. I don't know what was going on. Um, I got hit in the back of the helmet. I got checked by him multiple times. Um, but but when someone's that high on Percocets, you never you never on the losing end of a check. You know, <laughs> you just have to breathe on them and they'll fall over. That's true. I love, I love the when the puck drop. He just continued to stare at the ice. Yeah, this I never seen the kid again, and he another kid, great hockey player. Just see, see, hockey's full of guys. It's the same story. Oh, that guy was gonna make it, but then he got into drugs and alcohol. Ah, and then you see them, and you're like, you sure he was gonna make it? <laughs> you sure? Because I heard that about the last twenty guys that are playing tonight. They're all. <laughs> I play more games with dudes that are on pills or booze. It's the craziest game. Well, you I'm know, sure it's that, not huge down by you, but it's big up in the Northeast. Oh well, no, 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 no hockey. You know, I'll tell you what. It's it's you know from the, for you know because of the Coyotes, it, it it made a big resurgence <laughs> out here. But when I was a kid, the Phoenix Roadrunners were we had a hockey okay. team back in the '60s and '70s. You know, and no, they were they were a good team. And being from Illinois. My dad, who never, my dad was a big baseball player, um, and he loved football, and but he was never a big hockey player. And uh, but he used to take me to the games on a regular basis, and I, yeah. I, I got I got hooked on it, and then I I got into ice skating, and of course I had to have the hockey skates, the rocker blades, you know. And, and was this uh, the, was this the eighties when you went to the games? No, this was like the late sixties, early seventies, man. I was so let kid. me guess, right? There were more fights in the stands than there were on the ice, right? Yes, yes. Because I remember the 80s going to the garden, and you'd see 30 fights. And and every guy I talked to before that, every generation was like, well, in the 70s, there were like 50 fights a game. Oh, in the 60s, they were blowing everyone. I don't know. Maybe they weren't, but you're the first guy I've talked to about the 60s, but. Yeah, no, no, I can can honestly attest to that. No, there were plenty of fights. Brawls, right? Oh. Brother, yes, yeah, you can, yes, they were. They over, were like, over, oh, I have no idea. All you would hear is like, like, punch, feeding, phone, for no, no words exchanged. <laughs> A subtle that, glance. Yeah, that, 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 that familiar snap. That's <laughs> but not, not, now there's words like, oh, fuck you, motherfucker, I'll do this, I'll do that, and like, maybe a push. But yeah. back in back in like the eighties and then beyond, it was there was no words. It was just crack. No, that's it, and that's that's where men were men. <laughs> and I can I can honestly say that being a you know being a non fighter, um, I did get I did get beat up by an Indian 
with a broken leg and a cast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, I, I figured that would be normal where you live. <laughs> he was fake. No, but we don't have any Native Americans up here. You know, I asked the people in, in, in uh, oh, shit, what was that group that I was in? Brock, Brockton? Broxton? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I asked them about, you know, what's the indigenous tribe in that area out here? It's <laughs> Apaches, Navajos, and Hopis. And that's when they that's when they started to monitor my posties. That's a great group. That is a tremendous I group. And I wish I could get back in there and put up more fake kitten posts. They were selling wife. kittens in that group. <laughs> but I wasn't really selling it. And they're so desperate for cats in Brockton, I never realized that. I'd probably go into Brockton twice a month because it's a few towns away. And, uh, man, I didn't realize they were desperate for free cats. Well, why are they so desperate for free cats? I don't know. I just threw out the lure. Hey, I got three kittens, and I posted, like, photos of me holding, not me, but, like, you know, random photos of people holding, like, tons of kittens. Oh, God. And I, I, I could release all the messages I have because I have them saved. That people, one after another, hey, you still got those free cats? But they were, like, such a phony ad that, you know, smart people picked it right up. Right. People thought it was funny. But people who were gullible, because I'd be like, hey, free cats, 40 people. bucks a piece. People that were noble and yes, noble. I'd be like free cats, forty bucks a piece, and then they would be like, "Hey, hey, hey!" I thought it was free. I'd be like, "Well, it's free. It just costs forty dollars." And they'd be like, "What? Well, you said it was free." And I'm like, "Well, it's free. It's forty, and then you get forty dollars back, and then it's free, and then you pay me forty again." And I would just keep keep doing that, like you know, old comic routine where I would just keep throwing words around, and it kept working and working. Hey, how much are the cats again? <laughs> well, you know, or, you're, they're free. you're those old comic routines, buddy. The cats are free, but the striped ones are 150 <laughs> Hey, but that photograph only has striped kittens. What do you have left? I only have striped cats left. Well, how can they be free? Well, they're not. They're free. They're 150 for the striped ones. Well, what do you have? I only have striped ones left. Hey, this guy's a jerk. That's gold, man. Well, this went on for weeks, by the way. Yeah, you had you had you, Bob, Tristan McDonald, who was, you know, selling stuff like toilets or whatever, and that he was doing great too. And then, uh, yeah, myself, we were just, and then we one one after another got kicked. I thought you and Tristan lasted though. Me and Bob got kicked out within a minute. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I haven't been in there. I think I'm still, I think I'm still in there. They're just monitoring what I post. And again, I wasn't trying to sell cats. I was just asking about the indigenous tribes <laughs> in the area. That's all. You know, I mean, for, for a while, people would be like, "Where's the guy that used to sell the cats?" Because <laughs> Trist, Tristan was like feeding me. Hey, they're looking for you. You know, I, I think, think he was joking. I think he was joking. Hey, so if, if you want to have fun, start inquiring about free cats. You know what? I you, you know what? Now you've piqued my interest. I'm just going to go back because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm still in it. I'll I'll just go back and hey, where's the guy that used to give away the free cats for money? You know what? I love that. One hundred and fifty dollars for a striped cat. <laughs> but they're free. Yeah, but they're free. They're free. Yeah, Brockton, Brockton looks like war torn Iraq. 
And then there's like old mansions from when the Italians lived there. Out of like, all of a sudden you'd be driving, it'll be like boarded up home, boarded up home, crack house, crack house, crack house, two million dollar home, crack house, crack house, crack house. <laughs> and that's Brockton. It's weird. So the Italians had the mansions. Yeah, the Italians used to run the whole town. That's when the so town what, was great. A uh, city, I should say. City. It's a big city. So that what were they? Mobsters. There were monsters, bricklayers, masons. I mean, it was a beautiful yeah, city all... back in the day. A lot of famous boxers came out of Brockton. Hagler, Marciano. Really? Mm-hmm. I had no city, idea. City of champions. They always had the best high school football team in the area. Sometimes the nation was one of the top teams. And But it's just run wrong. Drive down the wrong street, and it's just... But it's probably not. It's, see, when I, when you say, oh, it's a bad area, for this area, Massachusetts doesn't have bad areas. They just don't. Connecticut has worse bad areas. Like, right. You can drive down the wrong street in, in Hartford, and you're fucked. But in Massachusetts, you drive down the wrong street, you just turn around and leave. You, nothing will happen. You know what I mean? Like, you guys probably have real bad areas. We don't. I live in one, Mark. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like our, our murder, our murder rate's probably like, you know, whatever. Maybe ten people probably get murdered a, a month. In we Boston. had that happen. We had that happen last week over here in Villa Verde. So. <laughs> What's it in Chicago? Two hundred a month or something? Or two? Yeah. No. Isn't it like two hundred a weekend or something? Something like that, Mike. And I got relatives that I still got relatives that live in Chicago, and um, they're just they're just die hard. They're like, we're not leaving. You know, we grew up here. This is where we live, and and we're going to take back our our streets. So I'm like, well, you're fucking yeah. morons. Everybody else moved to Arizona or Florida. Come, right. come, come to home. <laughs> you know, let me just. Hey, I want to. I want to move. I want to move to Arizona. I want to be there. We That's would love to have you. Oh hell yeah! I'd love to have you here. I would love to be able to bring you up into my pseudo studio. <laughs> <laughs> It's depressing. It's depressing in Boston. Well, you haven't seen the pseudo studio either. So. No, I haven't. What's it like? One hundred and thirty degrees right now? Uh, no, actually, it's very comfortable. Mike, I've got the door open and the ceiling fan on. It's the sweater weather for us out there is on. It's like eighty-five right now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but it, but no, it was I eighty mean, yesterday up here. I know. I saw. I, I monitor. I monitor you. You're right. You're, you're right up there, like with Sandy. I monitor. You know, I'm stalking her via the weather. <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's 82 in Goodyear. Oh, it's 80 up in Boston. Shit. There's a yeah. Shit is right. We don't know what to do. People are bursting in flames. It's 80. We don't have sunscreen. <laughs> it's the I mean, I mean, we have. I mean, we have to wear sunscreen. We, you're all pale Irish people, so I, I guess. Oh, yeah. So I'll take photos of the locker room next Friday. You can see how white everyone is. There's no tan <laughs> members. It'll just look like a big flash in a mirror. What the fuck? <laughs> it's blinding. A lot of Irish skin. Well, again, Sandy's full-blooded Irish, redhead, freckled. She's the, uh, she's the basal cell squamous uh, <laughs> poster girl for uh, the southwestern deserts. She's How did she not in. burst into flames? How did she not burst into flames? I didn't think redheads were. Uh, I thought I, they were like a bounty on their head, like albinos <laughs> in Africa. No, <laughs> that's funny. No, but 
Well, I, first of all, I shielded her. Um, I always, always, I always kept, I always wore a huge sombrero that I could keep April one on one side and her it on the other. It does. It really, you know, and I'm, you know, being Latino, I, you know, the sombrero thing, even though I'm not Mexican, the sombrero thing kind of, it was a thing, and it, it worked well. We got a lot of compliments at Thanksgiving dinners. Yeah, Greg, love that sombrero. Gracias. <laughs> you know, I mean, my dad would say, you know, my dad would say, we speak English in this country. I'm like, what? <laughs> Fuck you, Joe. Oh, real, real nice, real nice conversation you had with that hooker outside the body shop last night. You know? <laughs> no, I'm serious. And I told this story. I told this story to Bob a couple of nights ago. Um, when my dad opened up his body shop in Central Phoenix, it was a pretty decent area. But over the years, things kind of declined, like anything else, like Brockton. And <laughs> I was seven, and the shop it was like less than a month old. But there was these hookers that were working the corner around the shop. And my dad, you know, being a, you know, being who he was, you know, that, that work ethic, well, we're here until the job is done. So we left. It was like 7, 38 o'clock that night. We're locking up the shop. And there's these two black prostitutes standing fairly close to the main gate into my dad's yard. And this one gal says, hey, how you doing? My dad says, Cut the crap and let me see those big fat pussy lips. <laughs> Fucking, I'm seven, you know. I'm thinking, well, she's not holding a cat. Um, I was confused. No, <laughs> you're a smart does. man. That's how you know if it's a cop or not. I mean, she's a cop <laughs> no. or not. Well, 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 yeah. But my dad at that time was happily married. You know, they were until. Until my mom started to drink, and then she started bringing up shit from 1945, and that destroyed the relationship. World War II, buddy. It's a killer. (laughs) Well, again, they were both war babies. The old man fled Spain with his family, and my mom fled Italy with with her family back in the 30s. But it's funny. I don't know if I blocked that memory, Mike, um, for whatever reason, but it just... as I'm getting older, um, stuff is coming back to me, and and I don't like it. Is, yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. But a, a lot of it is is this really weird, obscure stuff like that. I mean, who remembers? You know, cut the crap. Just show me those big fat pussy lips. <laughs> I think you remember that. I think that's one you remember. You don't block that out. That's too perfect. Well, that and I, and then there was the time that we were stopped at the stoplight next to the Arizona State Mental Institution, and there was this there was this guy hanging on the chain link fence crying, and we're stopped at the stoplight. This guy is probably 15 feet away. So my dad had this 70 Merc, <laughs> and he rolls power windows. I love this car. Power windows. He rolls the window down, and he says, what are you crying about, fruitcake? <laughs> <laughs> He says, your life is pretty much complete. Three dots and a cot. The light turns green. So we turn right, okay, that still straddles, and this guy is running down the side of the fence yelling obscenities at my dad. You motherfucker, you don't understand. And my dad's like, no, you're goddamn right, I don't understand. You're crazy. You are where you need to be. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird shit like that that comes back to me. And... 
And the day that he got drunk and he came home and he goes, come on, we're going to go get, do you know what your wiener schnitzel is? Do you have that back there? It's like a hot dog uh, fast food, it's exact, right? It's exactly what it is. Yeah, we so don't have was, that. Okay, but they had one out here. And my dad comes home and he's drunk out of his mind. He's like, Grego. He always called me Grego. Grego, come on. We're going to get some food for the family. So we're driving and he's like, I feel like, I feel like D Wiener schnitzel. Of course, my dad didn't, you know, didn't, my dad didn't pronounce D's all that well. So it was Wiener, Wiener schnitzel. And I'm like, okay. So we pull into this D Wiener schnitzel and he goes, watch this. I'm going to mess with this guy. And I'm like, okay. And he says, uh, the guy comes on and he goes, yeah, hi, welcome to D Wiener schnitzel. Can I take your order? My dad says, yeah, um. I want uh, six cheeseburgers, uh, a couple of fries, and uh, give me uh, give me six cokes. And the guy comes back. He goes, "Sir, we don't we don't serve that type of food. We serve sausages and hot dogs." My dad says, "Okay, well I'll make it simple for you. Just six regular hamburgers." Why <laughs> take the cheese off? Like it's gonna make a fucking difference. <laughs> the guy comes back. He's like, "Again, sir, we don't we only serve." you know, sausages and, 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 and links and such. My dad says, let me talk to your manager. <laughs> so the manager comes on and he's like, yeah, can I help you? He's already been pretty informed that the guy's out there fucking with him. And my dad reiterates the, uh, <laughs> reiterates the order. And he says, can you give me 15 minutes? And my dad says, well, sure. And the guy says, well, why don't you go ahead and either pull around out front or come on inside. So my dad pulls around to the parking lot. And we see this employee going out, getting into his car, and driving across the street to the supermarket, comes back, and he's got probably five pounds of fucking hamburger. So they make these fucking hamburgers for my dad. And I was blown away, Mike. I'm like, are you kidding me? But nowadays, you could demand stuff like that, and they'd probably end up calling the cops, and you'd be you know, shot by a nervous cop or something over a fucking hamburger. <laughs> But I just, you know, it's just stuff like that that <laughs> that sticks in my fucking brain with this guy. I mean, it's good stuff. I'm surprised you know, he stayed. I'm surprised he stayed with the joke that long. Well, that you know, that was my dad. He was always in it for the long haul. I mean, he was married to a crazy Italian for close to forty fucking years, who clearly hated him. Clearly, fucking my mother hated this guy. <laughs> Hit him in the head with a phone, with smashed glass, asteroids across his face. <laughs> yeah, that's, if that ain't love, Michael, I don't know what is. <laughs> and, it, and I tell these stories about Thanksgiving. We always had an extra plate for the cops because we knew the cops were going to be around about 4.30 or 5 o'clock. So my mom would make this extra plate. Of course, the family would start drinking because, you know, being Roman Catholic, Spanish, Italian, blah, blah, you know, the booze is flowing. So the arguments would always ensue that eventually escalate to the point where the neighbors were concerned so they'd call the cops. And the first year the cops were blah, blah, blah. The next year, my mom goes walking out with this dinner plate. Here you go. The cops are like, everything okay here? Yeah, everything's fine. They sat out their car. They ate. They brought the plate back in. See, that's, that's the shit that I love about growing up here in the 60s and 70s. Nowadays, you're, a cop rolls up again. They're going to shoot you or you're going to jail. Nobody has, a sense, nobody has a sense of humor anymore, you know? You know, they I, wouldn't I, take I, the they wouldn't take the food anymore either. That's uh, they're told not to take food anymore. So you well, see these you, know, you see these morons going like a sub shop and buying the cops like 
subs and stuff. They can't take the fucking subs. They're not allowed yeah. to. Yeah, because you never know what they somebody may have put into it. And, right. Well, yeah, but that's my point. It was, it was such a different time. It was, you know, right. I, people, I think, were a little more trusting, you know, I guess. Um, but if, if nobody was bleeding, <laughs> cops were good. I haven't got to fucking bring me a lot of it. I don't know those fucking Suarez's are crazier and shit house rats, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, people, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't haul anyone off now if you call them a domestic. You're getting one person leaving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I witnessed that yesterday afternoon when I got off of work. The neighbor, the neighbor, well, he's, this guy's fucked up, man. Sits on, sits on the stairwell and plays guitar. And I'm so tempted to do the John Belushi thing from, <laughs> from Medical House, you know, just walk up yeah. and grab that fucker and just, <laughs> you know, like, give my love a chair. Give me that motherfucker. But, yeah, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was carted off. He finally went off the fucking deep end. And he's been, he's been reported. I've talked to people about him for a year. Him wandering around in his fucking briefs. <laughs> with this good, he's like the naked cowboy out of New York. He wanders around in his fucking briefs, wearing flip-flops, and he plays the guitar. And he sings all these religious songs. He's not a bad singer. <laughs> you know, just, you, you got to walk around your complex and Facebook Live at... <laughs> well, I got to get... I, a, I don't I know gotta, if you have Facebook on your cell phone, but... Oh. I got to get a better. I got to get a better phone for that, Mike. You know what? That's not a bad idea because they cleaned house here about three weeks ago. All the fucking low lives that I was having issues with are gone. That's too bad. Well, <laughs> trust me. Give it a couple more weeks. Don't fill them back up. <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of good material there. There is, but yeah, but it's dangerous material, Mike. Again, it isn't like back in the '70s when Bob and I would walk into in the areas of South Phoenix and not even fucking think twice about it and make friends with everybody that we were buying crap from. You know, we have these people who fucking stitches and, you know, laughter's the best medicine, so we were always welcomed. You know, hey, here comes Starsky and Hutch. You know, that's what they called us. <laughs> they called us Starsky and Hutch. Hey, it's Starsky and Hutch. Come on in. So, you know, they're not, they're not asshole buddies. We, we, never, we never once let our guard down. We knew these people would cut our fucking throats for less than a dollar. You know, we knew that. But, again, you win people over, win the hearts, win the minds. You know, of course, it didn't work in Vietnam, but we were still a big proponent of that philosophy. And, uh, yeah, but these people here that were, that were here, Mike, were, were just fucked up, man, just fucked up. So they cleaned out, but, again, like I said, they'll fill them back up. And I will. I got to get, get a new phone. This, <laughs> this thing is antiquated, and people laugh at me. Oh, Talking to the Starship Enterprise, are you? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. I ain't talking to you. You know, I mean, fuck off. Let me do my thing. That's all. <laughs> Anyways. I'm so glad you called. I'm so glad you're hearing from you, man. On that note. Well, again, I just wanted to reiterate that Hot Oral Podcast is first and foremost, and, and, and where Bob is concerned, you know, Bob's first and foremost, too, but, you know, we're a family. We're a family. And Robert's visiting his buddy out there at the Lewis State Prison. I get it. His heart's in the right place. Although I'm sure I'll hear about this later. Because <laughs> I know Bob. Oh, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> Nothing. Just talking with a friend of mine, that's all. But I, I, I just... I want to keep this going. I, 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 I have to keep this stuff going, Mike. I, 
this is a, you know, and I've, you've read my posts, and, I, I, and I've told everybody how I feel about you and Bob. I mean, you've, you've seen me through, hell, you were there when my mom died, you know. Bob was incarcerated. He knew, but he couldn't reach out. Um, you, you, both of you guys have been very supportive and very patient. I think that's the thing that blows me away the most is how patient you guys are with me. <laughs> sometimes it's gold. Sometimes it sucks. But whatever it is, it's honest, and that's all I can be. That's all I ever aspired to be, Mike, is honest. And that's all you can ever aspire to be. That and, you know, slightly gay. <laughs> well, but I'm aspiring towards that right now. I'm leaning a little bit to the left. Although, <laughs> although Glenda came by last night, God bless her. Oh, oh good God. Oh, Good God. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want, I don't want, because we all know what I do with this woman. <clears throat> Glenda <laughs> Blackwitch. Yes. I, you know, there's just something, there's just something about when that weave comes off and she gets that slave look. And I just, <laughs> I, fuck, I, I become like, like an owner, you know, just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, when an old buck will come out. Come here, baby. Come here. Oh, what do we think about that? Oh, you're not thinking fast enough. Go ahead, grab, cut my balls, squeeze them. Squeeze. You know, I get really weird. I get weird with this chick, and and she's a couple years. She's Sandy's age. She's 56. And the weirder I get, the more she seems to like it. I mean, last night she was like, "Take that base and shove it up my ass," and I'm like, "What?" Whoa. No, I know. That's, I'm like, no, that's my mom's face. And <laughs> that has ashes in it. <laughs> Pick another vase. Any vase but that. <laughs> any vase but the urn. Yeah, I'm not putting an urn in you. I, I think that might be illegal. I don't know. <laughs> it is. It's a biohazard dump, most definitely. I'm sure it's a violation of some code. It is. Trust me, because I had to call the city of Sedona. They had permission to dump my mom's ashes in Oak Creek Canyon, and they said unequivocally not. That's a biohazard dump. You can't do that. And I'm like, what? I said, what about if I just drive down the freeway at 70 through Sedona and just kind of feed her out the window as we go? They're like, uh, we're hanging up now. That's a true story. They hung up on me. I was, <laughs> I was just trying to... I was just trying to get the facts. I didn't want to do anything illegal. But there's nothing worse than being at, you know, your mother's funeral, so to speak, and everybody's in cuffs and going to jail while Jim Croce sings, you know, working in a car wash blues playing on the CD player. Because that's what she likes. She loved Jim Croce. <laughs> that's why I threw, I threw Jim Croce in there. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Croce. Good for him. What's he doing now? <laughs> What's Jim Croce up to nowadays? Well, not, he, he was up to about 500 feet before it happened, so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I know. He's like he's like John Denver, just two plain down-to-earth guys. <laughs> you see what I did there? Did I did, I, I did. did. I saw, A lot of people won't get that, but I did. Okay, I appreciate it. And you know what? The rest of you that didn't get that joke, fucking grow up and start reading a little bit. That's all you gotta do. These young kids. Fuck them. They got a fucking sense of humor. Except for April and her friends. They got a wonderful sense of humor. Okay, April's a professional comedian. <clears throat> yes, she is. 
Not April 1st, my kid, April. <laughs> oh, is she a professional? I don't know. Is she a professional comedian, too? No. No. She, she never aspired to be anything like that. She, she said, Dad, that looks like uh, a too tough a word for me. I like to eat on a regular basis. I'm like, baby girl, you do whatever you want. So she I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're her dad. She she gets humor and jokes. And, oh, she and does. Insanity. I'm sure she understands well, when someone's insane or not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know who you know who died last night? Kevin Meany. Ever? Uh, no. Kevin Meany. Kevin Meany was a a, a a comedian I like thought was one of the funniest, innovative comedians. Like something different. Like that's all I always say. I like guys that are different. Or right. well, female comedians, guy comedians. Anything that's different. Anyone that tries I've, something different, new. I love it. That's why I don't like guys like Dane Cook and the cookie cutters. They copy. I don't like it. No, this guy was different. He had a, he had a whole different spiel, a whole different angle, and it was great. I do remember him. And how did he die? Heart attack. So he haven't released it yet. It was suddenly. He said he didn't have any pro, any prior medical issues. So right away, I'm thinking suicide. Right. Oh brother. But as I'm looking, right. Yeah. More and more as I'm looking, reading, 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 you start reading what like all the people are saying. Everyone's now saying he died of AIDS. Well, if it's true or not, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. He came out of the closet. That's all I know in AIDS. But all right. Well, and, and even even so, funny is funny. It doesn't matter what your sexual preference is. No, and dying of AIDS is funny. No. <laughs> Rock Hudson cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that one. I'm like, God damn it! I knew that. I'll never forget what my mom said. I'm like, Mom, I thought he was married. Those were arranged marriages, Casper, in the 50s. He was born well, Remember Liberace? All the women loved him, and no one ever I, said anything about him being gay. And it's like, how did you not know he was gay? Yeah, no, or, or Judas Priest. I mean, Judas Priest, look at these guys. These guys are leather boys. I mean, this oh, is absolutely. the shit you see in P-Town. I mean, <laughs> and no one knows they're gay? And you I watch, mean, like, concert footage, and everyone's like, oh, these guys rock the hardest. And, like, everyone loved them in Delaware and PA. And they just, oh, these guys are, like, the most badass dudes. I want to fuck this guy. Really? Because he's not fucking you. Unless your name's Bill or Chris or Joe. So, Gloria might not want to pursue him too you hard. Know, and the funny thing is, Rob Halford lives out here. He lives in Scottsdale. I've seen him around a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing his leather outfit? <laughs> no, he wasn't wearing leather, but it's him. No doubt about it. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> you got another thing coming. <laughs> I love that. You know, again, hey, Mike, I can tell you. I used to I used to rock to that. You know, I tell you want to hear how fucking stupid I was? For years, I thought the band Queen was just, <laughs> was just amazing. There's another one. There's another George Michael. Oh, God, don't even get me started about him. I mean, everyone thought he was straight. Well, you know, I, well, yes and no. (laughs) How do we know? How do, how did people not know that? Hey, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of thinking he was straight because all his videos featured women. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was was gay looking. Yes. But until he got caught, until he got caught in the uh, rest stop, I didn't know. Yeah, Long Beach. <laughs> he, I mean, here's this, this superstar, right? Superstar. Good-looking mm-hmm. guy, right? I mean, for the most part, good-looking guy. Superstar, sure. millionaire. 
he's giving handies and blowjobs to fucking bums in a park. You know, that's, I mean, they, you know, they, that's, they showed what the guys looked like. Some of the guys looked like. They looked like fucking Artie Lang. I mean, he was blowing <laughs> like anything. That, he was just that insatiable appetite for dick. It was insane. That's, you know, I remember when that story broke, too, in Long Beach. He got arrested down there on the beach. And, yeah, and I, I remember seeing the same photograph. I'm like, holy fuck, what the hell? He's been arrested a couple times for that behavior. He's a maniac. He loves to gobble up random dick. <laughs> Daily. And you don't well, get caught your first time. You get caught, like, your 500th time. <laughs> yeah, and by then it's kind of hard to get that taste out of your mouth. And you're like, what the? I wish you would have been here... Like a month ago, you know? Come on, officer. I wonder how many he would have. I mean, how many fucking... He must have went through hundreds a night. You know, word gets out. Hey, George Michael's the third stall on the left. (laughs) Get down there quick. He's shorting the 400 nick limit tonight. (laughs) You walk up, it's kind of like a little bistro billboard out there, you know? at KETO, um, Wham! was real big, specifically Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. And I, I, it was in heavy rotation, so I had to play this song. <laughs> I'm looking at the album, because we had albums back then, we didn't have CDs, and I'm looking at the album, and I see the, you know, the turquoise track shorts. And <laughs> like, this is a very straight man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing, too. A handsome guy, no doubt about it. Doesn't mean you're, you know, leaning that way. But no, handsome is handsome, no doubt about it. But yeah, yeah, and you're right about women in his videos, especially the I Want Your Sex video, that hot chink. Holy hey, shit. Yeah. Wow. Hot chinks, man, come on. Hot chinks, baby. Hey, hot. hot chinks, I'll have a number two hot chinks special. <laughs> oh, does, does hot so chink come with the number two? Yes, it does, sir. And a poop poop ladder, because you know old Casper likes a poop poop ladder. But the, I got to tell you this real quick. There's that I, I make jokes about the Chinese guys that, or the, the place that I order my Chinese food from. Well, over the last couple of months, I've become friends with the owner, so he you know he recognizes my number on caller ID. So he'll pick up. He'll go, "Hey, God, how are you?" <laughs> Hello. 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 I'm so lonely. So lonely. Well, he tells these jokes, but he speaks so much broken English that I, it takes me about 30 seconds to process what he said. And, and then he doesn't say anything after he delivers the punchline. He waits <laughs> until I get it. And I go, oh, fucking Jimmy. You know, oh, you get that. You get They're that. They're all named like, Jimmy. Why are they yeah, all they, named Jimmy? They're all I have three. There's three. Asian restaurants within a couple miles of me. The owners are all named Jimmy. Well, you can you can you can you can tell your people three thousand miles west. There's another Jimmy <laughs> owner here. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I'm and, Jimmy. <laughs> wait a minute. Well, I usually call every Friday because that's you know hey I'm treating myself. I didn't call last Friday because I ordered pizza. I get a phone call at six thirty from Hey Greg. This is Jimmy from Asian Dining. <laughs> You want some food or what? <laughs> what the fuck? 
he says, he says, he goes, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to send over some soup if you go on Yelp and give us a good review. He goes, I know you do podcasts, too, because you talk about that. So pr- promote Asia Dining on podcasts. So I'm promoting Asian Dining on Hot Roll Podcasts, Jimmy. There you go. So, so I'm thinking, you know, Mike, I'm thinking he's blowing smoke up my ass. Within 20 minutes, there's this dude at my door with a half gallon of this fucking miso soup shit. Well, <laughs> it tastes like feet. Yeah, but you know what, dude? It was good. I was surprised. It was fucking outstanding. I can't stand it. How high were you? How high were you when you thought miso <laughs> well, soup tastes good? Well, it's, it's Friday night, so, yeah, pretty baked, you know. It's like fish sauce and fucking goat asshole. It's I, gross. It, Mike, I liked it. I don't know what he did. Miso I, horny soup. <laughs> so, so I asked this guy who speaks very bad English, I said, well, I didn't order this, and I'm not paying for this. He goes, he goes no, Jimmy, Jimmy, tell me to give this to you. You try soup. You try soup. And give good review on Yelp. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, tell Jimmy, I, thank you. But no, seriously, the soup was fucking outstanding, man. I'm still waiting on it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But I just love, hey, Claire, we did not hear from you. Do you want a foot of what? <laughs> what, what? What maniac restaurant owner calls you? I mean, that's, that's sort He's going to start, like, appearing in your windows and, hey, Greg. I see your light on. I know your window. You You're going to be in the supermarket. You're going to, like, move a box of cereal and his head's going to be there. Hey, Greg. <laughs> Why you no call? Hey, Greg. (laughs) You're going to open up your toilet lid? Hey, Greg. (laughs) You're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Open up your toilet. Hey, Greg, why you don't call? (laughs) Why you don't call, Greg? This is why I love you, man. (laughs) You fucking make me laugh so hard. Oh, the absurdity. (laughs) <laughs> hey, Greg, why do you look hey, Greg, why do you look off? <laughs> you know, I show up and blend as he opens the door. Hey, so what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> Today, I know hear from you. <laughs> That's gold, man. That's fucking gold, right? He ba- it's like it's like taking money from the mob. You took his soup, so now you're indebted. You don't like my soup? <laughs> well, no, that's the point. I like the soup, and I'll go on Yelp, and I'll give him a good review. But I just thought it was fucking weird that I get a call from a restaurant. <laughs> hey, is that, that's got red funny. flags all over it. Look, in prison, too bad Bob isn't on. You get free <laughs> soup. It's a bad sign. That's really? a big test. It's a big test. The first couple nights, they'll put like warm soup outside here, or like, you know, maybe a warm like ramen soup, or maybe some like, um, you know, little Debbie snacks or whatnot. They'll be next to your cell, and if you take them, you're fucked. Yeah. You basically really? just made a deal with the devil. Oh, sure. Bob will tell you that's right. I think we might have talked about that. If you take really? that soup, first of all, they know you're a fish right away. If you don't right. take any of it, you leave it. Don't take any of the free food. Because it's going to be right. some 400-pound black dude who's going to 
basically, <laughs> you know, you're his bitch at that point. Now you're indebted to him. It's an old mafia trick. So next time you oh, open your freezer, he might be in there. <laughs> hey, Greg, you know car today. <laughs> I had no idea about the prison connotations in back of that. But uh, maybe, maybe Jimmy's done time and he knows how to buy people with free soup. <laughs> Jimmy's done time. Oh, you know, like my soup, huh? We know friends. <laughs> okay then. Well, there'll be some other Chinese men visiting you later. You my bitch, Greg. You my bitch now. You're my bitch, Greg. American bitch. <laughs> I do love you, Michael. <laughs> you fucking do crack me up. <laughs> You're gonna start having to like hold on to his belt loop. <laughs> I want you to meet my other friend Jimmy, who owns a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rent you out for a few minutes. Okay. To, to new Jimmy. New Jimmy wants to play with you. New Jimmy. <laughs> oh, Greg. New Jimmy wants to play. Oh, I have a new Jimmy. <laughs> I just open up. I open up another store on West Side of Phoenix. You come on over. You come on. Meet Jimmy too. <laughs> Meet Jimmy too. <laughs> Jimmy number two's lonely. <laughs> or lonely, lonely. Yeah, but it's lonely, isn't it? R. No, Ron, Ronry or lonely. Or it's W two. R W. It's ne- it's never a hard L. Never. Oh. Absolutely. No, and again, my, just like my dad, you know, he can never pronounce a hard L either. Hey, your mom's got a new dodo. What the fuck is a dodo? You know, the, the, I'm like a dildo? Yeah. I'm like, well, just like that. <laughs> yeah, but... It's, it's, like, except it's, ex- it's extinct. <laughs> the dodo. <laughs> my dad would have said, God damn right, it's extinct. <laughs> your mother's Italian. <laughs> I thought those were extinct. You're damn right, it's thick. <laughs> you know where that thing goes, right, son? Yeah, Dad. Well, they're goddamn it, that's thing. That's like a manhole cover. What? <laughs> Jesus, go talk to the prostitutes out front. Jesus, but I, but again, I love the Jimmy, the Jimmy thing. <laughs> oh, you call them Jimmy too? You hold my belt, <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> hey, you're indebted now. You took the man's soup. You know, I didn't think there was anything. I thought it was just a nice gesture. Now I'm a little freaked out. Stop this with you. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going up. I got a gun upstairs. You're gonna have to pay off that debt. I don't know what that debt is, but well, what's a half a gallon of miso soup go for? <laughs> thirty thirty years of labor, free labor. Oh. Hey, so up in Boston we have Chinatown. I mean, most of the major cities in this area have big Chinatowns, right? Boston right. is pretty big, right? So what they do is they take so all the Chinese restaurants in the in the lining suburbs, so they'll have basically slaves, and they keep them in apartments, and they bus them to the local towns every morning. And huh. they work from, say, 11 a.m. to, like, 2 in the morning, and they bus them back to their apartments. Do they do that down there? Not Very common up here to do that. And they pay them nothing, and it's not regulated. They don't, but they'll have, like, you know, hey, do you want to come to America? 
it's going to cost you like 50 grand. We'll give you a, a, a job that, you know, they don't tell them it doesn't pay anything. But these people, they don't get paid. They're basically, you know, what? they're basically animals. They have no skill set. They all work in kitchens. They all get, so if you go to like a Chinese restaurant, you'll see them in like a white van will pull up and like 20 of them will pop out. Wow. And they go to work. They don't do that well, down there? Well, they do, but they're Mexican. Uh, <laughs> you know? They got Mexicans working in the Chinese restaurants? Yes, they do, as a matter of fact. I, I've been to, I have been to this particular restaurant, which is just around the corner from the ghetto here. No, there are, there are two Mexicans that work the kitchen. Oh, that's a no-no. That's a no-no up here. There's no... The, the, some of them have Americanized, where they, their daughters have you know, married like rich white guys, and, and those right. are different. But the, the, the grimy Chinese restaurants, it's all Asians or none of them. That's it. They don't have anything else. Well, that's probably all Tong-related, so that's got to be, you know, the mafia there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, so I can see that. You keep it within the family. But you ask me what I see here, and I see that on a daily basis here. Uh, the vans roll up, you know. I, yeah, I tell the, you, I see, the vans roll uh, up. It's funny that it, that's how it works everywhere. It's funny. Well, I, well years ago, uh, when I worked, well, uh, I used to be a route sales driver, uh, wholesale grocer, Italian um, sales driver for the Squinjuli Brothers. And so I would make I, I would make I would make deliveries to restaurants, and then of course while I'm there, I'm trying to sell more product. But I used to wear this U.S. Border Patrol hat. <laughs> when I'm coming, I would come in the back door without the dolly, and you would see these fucking Mexicans just scatter. I mean, literally just fucking take off, fucking running. And I was finally told by my boss, "Hey, stop wearing the U.S. Border Patrol hat. You're scaring the fuck out of the clients. They're losing people." And I'm like, yeah, but I'm generating more business. And I was told, yeah, you're generating more business, you're selling more product, but they have no one there to actually cook the product. So it'd be great. It'd be great if you were you you were um, delivering ice and you were like, oh Jesus, ice, 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 air, ice, air. Yeah, but you know what? Ice wasn't ice. The 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 department back in the. the late 80s, early 90s, wasn't around. It was the U.S. Border Patrol that, that did that. Yeah, shit. down by you, but up here it's all ice. So like oh, that yeah. was like a, if you if you saw like uh, like at Home Depot, for instance, they'll all be out. Mexicans will all be outside. If you drive by and you say, "Hey, ice is coming," they'd scatter. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to pull up to the local Home Depot here, where like you said, there's like 50 of them congregated. So I need all 50 of you. Because i got a big house move, get him in the back of the truck, of course, make sure the truck is full, and then just drive him back down to fucking the gallows. You know, just feel free to jump anytime you want. I'm only moving at 85 fucking miles an hour. But <laughs> uh, what else was I going to say? Um, oh, the, when I was working for the Squinjilis, there was a, there's, a, there's a Jewish delicatessen out here that's very popular. They're from New York. They're called Chompies. And the, the family, you know, the, yeah, Chompies. And the family has been established out here for like 30-plus years. Now, Chompies was notorious for not paying their fucking bills. But yet no. They were oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Go figure, huh? <laughs> Go figure. No. Adolf, you pissed off the wrong German. You should have just paid the fucking bill. He was a great painter. But <laughs> I, 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 uh, I was told there was an order, and I was told by Jeff, my boss, do not take any product off the truck until you get a $10,000, you know, cash or, or check in hand. And so I pull up, and this guy had a really nice store up in uh, North Scottsdale, really prestigious area. And so I roll up, and I knock on the door, and I'm like, yeah, you know, 
Mercury sales, blah, 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 blah. And the owner comes out, Eddie, and he's like, uh, and I said, hey, I said, I was told by Jeff and Mark and Chris, I have no product is coming off this truck until I get either cash in hand or a check. Or you make a phone call to them to, to verify this. And he goes, really? He goes, we well, just open up the fucking truck. So I had, <laughs> I said, okay. So I happen to have these huge <laughs> 50, 50 gallon igloo coolers. Our refrigerated truck wasn't working, so we packed all the meats and all the perishables in ice. So I just opened the back of the truck, and he's looking at these containers, and he's like, well, what's in there? I said, well, these are the last three customers that didn't pay up to Mark, Chris, and Jeff. He goes, I'll be right back. He came out with a fucking, with a fucking check, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I scared him. But again, these guys, you know, I love them to death. I've known them my whole life, but they are. They're fucking mobsters. There's no doubt about it. They were affiliated with the Bonanno family, and... And I I met Bill Bonanno and I went to uh, I love this <laughs> before Sandy and I hooked up I I got invited to Al Capone's great grandson's wedding which was being held in Tucson where the Bonanno family relocated after they left New York and I didn't think anything of it I thought oh that's pretty cool you know this is a, a descendant of Al Capone but as we rolled up and we were driving in the stereotypical Lincoln Continental 1962 with the suicide doors, jet fucking black. We're rolling up to this, and there's fucking FBI guys out there taking pictures. It's like out of, out of the Godfather. They're taking pictures of people and license plates. But, uh, and I remember, I remember I was 18 when I went down there, and I remember my mom, being Italian, was like, you don't need to get mixed up with these people, Gregorio. These are bad people. And I'm like, Mom, no, you've known these. You, you grew up with Mark and Jeff and Chris. They were family. No, 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 no. Now it's, all, now it's a whole, I told you, they're fucking mafioso. They're mafioso. Sure shit, man. Fucking mafioso they turned out to be. So when I, the, the Chompy story just resonates with me. It's just something that I'll never forget. Yeah, these are the three other customers that didn't pay. So what do you want to do here, buddy? You want your product or you want to end up in a fucking cooler? <laughs> oh, God, I love that story. I'd love to see Juice sweat. <laughs> okay, my brother. And with that being said, I just want to tell you, thank you so much. We need to do this at least once a month, Mike. Please, once a month. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Sure. Okay, pick, pick a date, pick a time, and I'm there, man. I'm there. You know, uh, we, we, you and I, <laughs> you and I have a lot of stories. And I got tons of them more that are flooding back now that I'm, I'm, I'm sober, minus the uh, Pineapple Express stuff. <laughs> but, this might uh, be the longest one we have ever done. I know. And that's what I was just thinking. I'm getting tired. Two, two hours. <laughs> running, it's getting close to two hours. Get the fuck out of here. No shit. Yeah, one thirty, three thirty. I mean, your time, what's it, one thirty now? So, yeah, two hours. Well, I'm watching. I'm watching Jessica Lang get finger banged by King Kong right now. Jesus, that poor woman. Jeez. Oh, just like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> All right, no one's going to listen to 90 minutes of this show, so you might as well cut it. Okay, well listen. You, you, you. I, I, I did the intro. You do the exit, my friend. Okay, uh, I'll do that, Greg. Sure. Um, <laughs> So uh, this is another show that no one will listen to all 90 minutes of uh, with Greg Casper-Suarez. I'm your host and uh, co-host. 
I fucked that up, and it, it doesn't no, matter. No, you're doing fine. Just keep moving forward. Move forward. You're doing fine. I, I, have, I haven't done an outro in 20 years. Anyway, that's our show. Talk to Nick. We'll see you. We love you. We love you. I love you too, Michael. I'll talk to you later, bro. All right, man. I'll talk to you. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.